This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by 4 when I was a kid, we had Mr. Wizard. Mm-hmm. That was our Bill Nye. Do you remember the one where they, <laughs> the kid, they put dust on their hands of some variety and they put it in a fish tank what? full of water and then they'd pull it out and their hands are perfectly dry. <laughs> and what was on that was the chemical that's on pretzels. Wow. That makes you a little bit thirstier. <laughs> that, that's painted on the pretzel. That is what? a scoop gym, ladies Mr. and gentlemen. Wizard. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, hey. and Casey DeFritos. Hello. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon. What a terrible night to have a curse. Uh, we've got a question re- regarding the dominant game uh, in its specific genre. Are you mm. sub or dumb? That's what this question is going to be all about. <laughs> but first, Rage 2. If you guys had asked me... Two months ago, if I thought we'd be talking about Rage 2 this year, <laughs> I would have thought you were nuts. You would have punched Get out of here. You would have punched him in the face. <laughs> Rage 2, I don't know what's just crazier, that Rage 2 is a thing, or that looks pretty cool. Well, it's Avalanche. Maybe you're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, officially announced, hopefully you've seen the, the gameplay trailer by now, and I think it looks fun. It's like mm-hmm. a, cra- a wacky, wild, open-world shooter with crazy guns. Well, I'm a big Andrew WK fan, so there's that, that. So they got you right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wrote the strategy guide for Rage. That's how long ago Rage was. Do you remember how the co-op worked? No, I don't even remember co-op. Yeah, so I remember hearing that Rage was co-op, so I was like, cool, let me get this. And you can't actually play the campaign co-op. There's just certain modes that you can play co-op. Like like challenge missions or something? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Mm. But I I remember remember building, like, racing. 
There was some yeah, car combat. There's though. a little bit of car combat. I, I I think I was expecting it to be a Fallout type game. Yeah. And or 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 a Borderlands type game. Um, but then it was really linear, and you just like went from place to place mm-hmm. and like cleared out a dungeon that like it was more like Doom than it was like well, Fallout. It's from id Software. So. Exactly. Drive uh, there and then get out and clear it all out mm-hmm. and get in and drive to the next area. Yeah. yeah. Very dark and bleak, which obviously they flipped that on its head now. Yeah. Um, with the it rumors won, uh, that Borderlands being delayed. Yeah. It's like everything, like the timing's working out perfect, That right? could work out well for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is being co-developed by id and Avalanche, uh, the Just Cause, and the Mad Max guys. Yeah. And it's like you can see so much of, you know, the crazy open-world destruction of Just Cause and the po- post-apocalyptic it is Mad stuff Max. of Mad Max, right? It's just kind of like another shot at developing that Mad Max game kind of. What's the story cool in these, like, in these apocalyptic punk games yeah. with, uh, with football helmets and pads? <laughs> They're everywhere! They were all over Sunset Overdrive? I think that's the only armor we have access to in suburbia, and so that's yeah. maybe what that theory. I've never also- played the. Uh, there's a documentary called Plants vs Zombies. <laughs> no, oh yeah, that too. I I did. I recently played a role playing game, and we played as ourselves in a zombie apocalypse, and we all just put on softball yeah. mm-hmm. uniforms and motorcycle helmets. So mm-hmm. I mean, right? That's what you had. That's on what hand. we had on yeah, hand. Well, up. that makes sense. But where that falls apart is, and maybe I'm mistaken because the tr- the gameplay trailer is all smash cuts. But there's the giant enemies, right? The huge ones that are like the size oh, of yeah. the and they're wearing one of them's wearing a football <laughs> helmet, and I'm like, someone went out of their way yeah, to fashion to some kind of helmet. giant armor. <laughs> maybe they just didn't want him to feel left out. Yeah, right. maybe they play giant football. We they also have uh, yeah. amazing access to hair dye. Yeah, yeah, and hair gel for that matter. Self-expression, man. <laughs> well, they're solving a major problem with the original Rage uh, in the fact that it didn't have a lot of personality. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. so, yeah. People' like, uh, uh, opinions on the trailer seem a little mixed. Some people think it's a little cringy, just like the the like color. Trying too hard to be like extreme and in yeah, your face. like it, it definitely nineties. It definitely has vibes of like trying too hard. But from my perspective, like that's much better than just like the dour, dusty, yeah. personalityless original game. Like at least they're trying something. Like it that almost is in line with Mad Max too. Yeah, because Mad Max is about you know it has a lot of like uh, punk elements and its outfits and it has uh, Tina Turner in it. <laughs> uh, it's true. We don't need another hero. <laughs> That's so, the song Tina Turner scene. I th- I think the game looks really fun. I'd like to know more. You know, we'll see at E3. It'll be a there'll be a big gameplay reveal at Bethesda's press conference was this Sunday evening uh, at E3, which I hope you'll hopefully you'll, you'll watch right here on IGN. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm interested to know what is this game really like? What's the gameplay like? Because we play as a specific character mm-hmm. who has a story. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a big like. Uh, it's not like a multiplayer game or even like a cooperative game like Borderlands. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they do refer to it as a shooterverse, and a shooterverse to me sounds like Open. an online social component. So there's oh. something going on there. I don't know if it'll be online at all. I think it might just be a fun place to shoot things in. What does shooterverse mean? Yeah, it, sound, it sounds like an, a first-person shooter in an open world to me. Yeah, open world FPS, which has been done which a is little Borderlands. bit. Uh, Far Cry. Yeah, Borderlands. It's been done a little bit. Like actually, not Far Cry, uh, yeah. not a ton. Levolution. Ugh. Well, the Battlefield games have Levolution. Was Ghost Recon an open world? I don't think Ghost Recon was ever. Open. Well, uh, Wildlands was. Wildlands, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you're right. The most specifically Wildlands. Wildlands yeah. Sorry. Uh, Justin, you don't know what a shooter versus. Do you know what a sex tuple A game is? That's what they describe it oh, as. Oh, because it was id's triple A and Avalanche's triple A. Two triple A developers coming oh. together to make a sex tuple A game. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> and then, you know, with Bethesda at the helm publishing it, you know, I would hope yeah. there's some Fallout influence on a big open world post apocalyptic game. Yeah. 
mean, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Rage, the original being sort of, it was just odd. Like, it didn't live up to the hype and was just sort of came out and was quickly forgotten. And then just people moved on. It moved on. Um, So it's such an odd candidate for a sequel. But, um, you know, we don't actually get that many action-y post-apocalyptic games. Like, it's it's an area to mine, I think, for more. There's more gameplay to mine at. Yeah. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is a straight-up single-player game because Bethesda does single-player shooters like uh, Doom and Wolfenstein. Uh, they do single-player post-apocalyptic games like Fallout, and then Just Cause is single-player, and Mad Max is single-player. So yeah, I don't know. And Avalanche, uh, their, yeah, their Mad Max single-player game looks so much like this. That that game had like a, almost like a like a beauty to it. Like these desert uh, landscapes were really pretty. Yeah, and um, I know that game was fun to explore in and drive around in and stuff, and like. It just needed this layer of like maybe a lot more shooty, like kind of cool, fun boss battles and stuff. Mad like Max that. was underrated. Yeah, mm-hmm. Max is very good. Our other wiki editor, John Ryan, is a big fan of it. Yeah, always tells us to play it. I have <laughs> to think that this started out as a Mad Max sequel, and for some reason, it's well, yeah, just now. team like uh, Mad Max is hard to very say. It was critically well received. It probably didn't sell as well as they'd hoped. So like mm-hmm. this is like their second chance to do this post post apocalyptic and maybe game. not spend the money on the license or yeah. something. Well yeah, so and like, like Avalanche obviously already had, you know, whether their contracts let them actually reuse any of the code, who knows, but they had the expertise in the studio to mm-hmm. know how to do, you know, open world gunplay. They know dune buggies. And, yeah, they know dune buggies. Yeah. Do you guys remember Mega Textures? No. Mm-mm. Is that another that was, industry term? That was a selling point from the original Rage. Blast okay. processing. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. John Me- Carmack, mega textures? John Carmack and his team had developed a new texturing technique that enabled them to create vast playable spaces without affecting memory use. So basically, the textures behind you would disappear oh. when you weren't facing them. Oh. And when you would turn around, it would like yeah. populate it, them. I think every game does that. That now. how Horizon? I saw yeah. Horizon There's Zero that famous Horizon gif. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so Rage 2 is coming uh, spring 2019. That will put it in the company of Anthem, mm-hmm. Metro Exodus, we just found out was uh, delayed to 2019, as well as Biomutant, Shinmu 3. All these, th- all three of these games were just delayed today. Uh, wow, really? To that I didn't hear the specific... Yeah. Well, to 2019, okay. so maybe Scoop. it's not early I didn't hear Biomutant was. Yeah, Biomutant. Yeah, well, okay, I, I, should, I should specify. Uh, THQ Nordic said they're still... Uh, looking at that date, finalizing that release date. Ah, okay. it, it, so it's very likely it could be pushed back to 2019. Uh, I think the Division 2 should arrive around that time from Ubisoft, and then PlayStation still has Days Gone, mm-hmm. which uh, has been pushed back to 2019. Is he? Yeah. It's not a quiet time of year. That's a lot of games. And then there's the question of Borderlands 3. Why is that a is, question now? Well, just... Rage Two gives me a lot of like uh, gives me a lot of Borderlands vibes. Yeah. yeah, and Borderlands Two, we know it's in development, but it hasn't been officially revealed. So it's just like, but do you think where that'll... is that game? It's apparently not going to be at E3. Oh, now that's... Rage Two is out, and we're like, this game looks cool. I guess we don't need Borderlands Three now. There was a 2K earnings call where they keep alluding to what we all assume to be Borderlands, where they're like, you know, a very hotly anticipated franchise with a new entry that we thought might be coming out now has been delayed into the next fiscal year, and it's like, is that Borderlands? Like everyone's assuming it's Borderlands, but since it's still in that like no man's land of like being announced or unofficially announced, like we just have to speculate. Yeah. And Borderlands Two came out such a long time ago. What, 2012 or 13? Earlier, I think. Maybe 11. Uh, I, I think maybe two was t- 2012. Mm. I want to say. It's not stopping Rage from getting uh, a sequel. No, yeah, <laughs> it's not. <right? laughs> anyway, Rage Two is the thing. It looks pretty cool. It's coming spring 2019. But coming much sooner than that is another game that looks very cool: Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. It was just announced last. So excited! I think over mm-hmm. the weekend, 
And it's out next week on May 24th. And this is an 8-bit spinoff of Bloodstained. I don't I forget what the subtitle is for. The let's, full Bloodstained game. I don't know. Let's stop and watch the trailer. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wow. It's, we don't have it? <laughs> we don't have it? Oh, okay, well. Okay. It's really, really cool. It looks like a Castlevania 3 type game where there's three characters. Yeah. But you can switch on the fly. And so yes. you're just toggling between these little uh, characters that each have, like, one as a whip. No surprises there. Yeah. yeah, one can shoot like Alucard, like like three bullets. Like it's like a total Castlevania clone from the creator of Castlevania on an NES lookalike uh, platform. It seems very authentic. Like I don't know if it's doing things with its tech or enemies on screen or stuff that the NES yeah. couldn't do, but like it, it very much doesn't. It feels like an eight bit game. Looks this, and feels like an. And this is coming game. out for the Switch, right? Uh, yes. Do you know what all the systems it's coming out for? I think it's everything. Okay, it's just everything. Every, yeah, so, yeah. All of the things. Yeah. Fire uh, everything. It, uh, if you like Shovel Knight, yep. this looks like you know you contemporary people making a uh, you know eight bit like game. And Shovel Knight is really based on games like Ducktales and Mega Man, and yeah. Castlevania Three at least. These are still a really fun, easy, accessible game to play. Like it's really, really cool. And so I can see this being just a great, great game to play. Yeah. So this I don't know how it was developed while Bloodstained still isn't out. Yeah, it's crazy. It looks to me, it looks cooler than Bloodstained. Well, this, yeah, it's it was really promised cool. as a stretch goal of the 2015 Kickstarter campaign for Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. And Any Creates handled the development of, what is it, Curse of the Moon. Uh, it, Gunvolt, Mighty Gunvolt, or... Uh, is that, yeah, any Gunvolt, guys? Azure, I don't know. There's so a wait, few there of them, are right? two different versions of... They're completely yeah, different Bloodstained is like a big, you know, uh, a more Castlevania like Symphony 2D. of the Night style. And with like okay. 3D graphics. Yeah, with okay. more modern graphics. So this is a separate game. Okay. That's the coolest part. Like, yeah, and it's like out next week. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm totally excited for this. Know, and that's, so May 24th, that's just two days after both Mega Man Legacy Collections come to Switch. What of the moon is it? Curse of the Curse Moon. Because <laughs> there's already a Castlevania Circle of the Moon. Circle Ritual of the, of the Night. Ritual of the Night is so the main main one. How funny that they're just obviously aping Symphony of the Night and then like Circle of the Moon. Yeah. Yeah, Circle of the Moon and, and then uh, and then Curse uh, Dracula's Curse is Castlevania 3. Yeah. Which so is all those words like, have yeah. been used in a Castlevania game already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the explanation of this game is you play as Zangetsu, a demon slayer, not mm-hmm. a vampire slayer. Got it. He's a demon slayer. Sure. He's bearing a deep grudge who must travel through perilous lands to defeat a powerful demon lurking in a dark castle. Got it. He's not, don't, he's not, don't say the V word. No. Zangetsu will meet fellow travelers along the way who can join your journey as playable characters. It's just Castlevania 3. Switching to these characters with their unique abilities will unlock new paths. Through the treacherous stages, your choices in recruiting these adventurers will change the difficulty of the game and may even affect the ending. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How many Draculas do you think are in this game? (laughs) There are no Draculas. There's a demon and a castle. That is the V word. Got it. Dark castle. Uh, check that out. That's coming next week. Uh, the game looks awesome. I hope there's a clock tower. You know that there is. Yeah. <laughs> is there a long staircase leading up to the clock tower? Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe it leads down to the clock tower. There's probably like uh, there's like an outer wall. There's always mm-hmm. an outer wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think fishmen jump out of the water and yep. spit things at you? We already saw that some of the Medusa heads and ghosts and stuff were just replaced with the exact thing that just looks a little bit different. Yeah. I love that this is happening, and I'm really... Sad that Konami and Iga parted ways to make it yeah. so this had to happen. Yeah, but at least, at least this is happening, and uh, the, the full Bloodstained game is supposed to come out this fall as well. And Justin, you mentioned you weren't sure if it's doing things that act, like, wouldn't have been possible on the NES. Right. Uh, speaking of that, I've been playing the Sega Genesis Classics Collection, uh, which is a new collection coming out in a couple weeks. And in their menu settings, their emulator settings, there's a setting where you can turn off the sprite limitations 
of the Sega Genesis. Ooh. So it gives it like more RAM or something to like actually. Yeah. So the, the actual games? Sega Genesis I think it makes it not slow down. had a limit on how many sprites you could put on screen. This r- removes that cap. Does uh, it break? But games? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's also a warning. It could cause other graphical. Yeah, I think it, it, it's the flicker situation and yeah, slow down. It's probably so like when that. there's too many sprites on, str- yeah. uh, on screen, it would do those two things to compensate. It used to flicker, and this is saying horrible. it won't do that. But I'm like, just—I just think it's interesting. The the game cartridges, you know, they had the capability of producing more sprites. Yeah, because the only hardware the Genesis had let them is saying no, 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 no. Yeah. slow down, slow down, slow down. But so this pretty, time it's not saying that. It yeah. feels like that's going to cool. break some games. Yeah, and that's why there's a little warning on yeah. it. <laughs> but I thought that was we got to find a game to break. Interesting feature. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, hey, listeners. Listeners, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Michael in London, England did. Nice. Yes, you can also reach us at the email address, goosecamp at IGN.com. I think it's, it's just pronounced London, address. England. London, England? It's one word. Well, you said England did. No. I'm just making a joke. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now I get it. <laughs> Michael in London, England Says, long-time listener, first-time writer, which I know puts me in good shape to have this email read out on the show. <laughs> Over the past five years, GTA V has become my most played and most enjoyed game ever. I've put around 800 hours into wow. it and loved every minute. That's uh, 150 hours a year. <laughs> Recently, I've tried playing other open-world games that I'd previously overlooked because I was playing GTA V instead, including Sleeping Dogs, Mad Max, and The Witcher 3. All of these games are well-received and highly regarded by yourselves and the gaming community in general, yet I found I didn't enjoy them as much. It wasn't until recently that I realized the reason I wasn't enjoying them was that I was always comparing them to GTA V and not enjoying them for what they are as their own package. I've since started playing Borderlands 2, determined to view it as its own thing, and with the help of its different art style and sense of humor, I'm able to separate it from everything else, and I'm really enjoying it. Once I'm done, I plan on going back to the previous games I mentioned with this new mindset, and hopefully can enjoy them some more. My question to you guys is twofold. How difficult is is it for you guys reviewing games and playing them for a living to find the right balance between viewing a game as its own thing and comparing it to similar games? And have there been examples where you've suffered the same problem of a game dominating a genre to the point where you can't enjoy similar games as much for a while? Mm. What it, I just want to commend this guy for having such a great approach to going back to these games and realizing that... Being able was, to yeah, open up was, his mind a little bit? Exactly. Very open-minded. But I actually had... I kind of had a small... Kind of the same problem mm. when I was super into Monster Hunter. I mean, that's all I played almost two months yeah and i got god of war yep. and for the first like two or three hours i was playing this that game i was like this isn't monster hunter <laughs> that was my attitude towards it and it's like i want to be playing monster hunter and eventually it's like i got into it and i was like this is a really good game and i really enjoyed it and god of war is amazing but um man comparing games to each other is hard like even with hyrule wars definitive edition that came out this is coming out on friday yeah i was telling dan our reviews editor um that it's really great for a Muso game, for a Dynasty Wars type game. Mm. But is it great for compared to all of the other games? And you still kind of have to do that. You still have to kind of compare. You say it's a bad a game Zelda game. <laughs> yeah, you can you can say that. There's no dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> it's got boss fights. Yeah. You gotta throw bombs into the Dongo's mouth still. It just doesn't you do. work. Where, as well. where else are you gonna throw those bombs? <laughs> you throw them up his butt. <laughs> oh, no. Unless it's carefully protected, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, um, I've never investigated. What is the uh, what is the NES overworld in that game? Um, I was just watching the live stream. The adventure like, mode, what, right? what is going on? What yeah, so do? there's um, it has these adventure mode maps, which kind of uh, mimics the overworld of the original Legend of Zelda. But you don't walk around like uh, you in them. You 
it's not free. You just go from. You're still laughing at the Dodongo butt. <laughs> I'm only laughing because Justin's laughing. All right, give me a sec. Okay, all right. Okay. You can just grow go up, from everybody. Each square has different challenge and possibly a, a hidden square in. Okay, so it just represents area. it, like yeah. Because, but you can still okay. collect items that you need to use in certain areas on the map to unlock more things. Mm. And uh, the different missions are much more varied and different than what yeah, they are in adventure cute. mode or in legends mode. Anyway, I think, sorry for the diversion. <laughs> I think the bigger trap in reviews is not necessarily comparing it to you know other games of that genre because you have to sort of have that context yeah. to know. Yeah, like, like you games know, don't to, exist in a vacuum. Yeah, mm -hmm. but the bigger trap is comparing it to what it could have been or you think yeah. it should have been. Like yeah. it's a little bit dangerous for a re reviewer to say like, oh, I wish this game did X Y Z. Like you kind of have to gauge it against your own its own mm -hmm. merits and not uh, your expectations. Like. Mm -hmm. You have to try to remove the hype from it. Or if a game mm -hmm. has no hype and surprises you, you don't want to overinflate the score just because it's better than you expected. So, mm -hmm. but that being said, I think it's completely appropriate to compare, you know, a Sleeping Dogs and a GTA and a Far Cry and games that, you know, sort of occupy the same space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely compared Hyrule Warriors to Berserk and the Band of the Hawk, which is another Dynasty Warriors game. When comparing the two, because the issues that Berserk had were very obviously remedied by what Hyrule Warriors did, which is add more playable characters to play through the story. Whereas in Berserk, you had one character that you were mostly playing throughout the entire thing. So I thought it was a very apt comparison, and it obviously makes Hyrule Warriors the better Musou-style game because of that. Sure. Sam, when you play Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, are you going to compare it to Castlevania Circle of the Moon or Castlevania Three? Well, I mean, that wouldn't actually hurt, you know, my enjoyment of it like I, I can basically either play a game as a critic or play it for fun and mm -hmm. if I'm playing as a critic I have to think about those things can you do, the, yeah. can you do them both at the same time not really nah I agree I mean yeah, I wish I, I could I, I can definitely enjoy a game while I'm playing it as a critic but I'm also like taking notes and just mm -hmm. acting differently yeah. I'm doing work different. Yeah. Yep. you know and I also, um, well, you also have to sort of remove, like, obviously it's your opinion. Like, I liked it, I didn't like it, and here's the score that I got. But there's definitely games that I like a lot that would be maybe hard for me to recommend to other people. I can mm -hmm. think of an example if you're going to put me on the spot. But, like, well, I definitely put some separation between, like, the quality of the game and then, like, sometimes I feel like my tastes are just what they are and yeah. I gravitate towards certain things. That's how I feel about Disgaea. Like, you would get, like, Disgaea is a 10 out of 10 Damon game. Yeah. But if you were but reviewing it, it you got to have kind of unique tastes. Yeah, to really it may not be yeah. responsible to give it that score. Yeah, I know. Yeah, if you appreciate certain Japanese sensibilities, then <laughs> you like going inside of a belt to do a dungeon inside the belt and make yep. the belt stronger? Yeah. Oh, man. That's like the best part. Yeah. <laughs> I used to hear this argument, a uh, similar version of this, a lot in the office when we used to review um, Game Boy games mm. at, like as their own thing. And so yeah. there's tens we've given to Game Boy Color games. That, oh, yeah. And you know, if you look at the history of IGN 10s, it's like, you know, Ocarina of Time, of them some are of the best games Game ever made, but then they're Game Boy Color games. And in that in that review scale, it was like, hey, this is, you know, compared to every other GBA game or Game Boy Color game and uh, only those. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, it would be like a version, like, like, how do you not think when you're playing Resident Evil on Game Boy Color, which is like, you know, terrible, really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> compared to like, well, yeah, I could play this on any other system and it's a landmark game you know like you, you know, that was a, it, it was an interesting time to say you could just like isolate your sensibilities and say I'm with and that happened with Wii a little bit I think too yeah. most it, recently it happens with mobile as well like sometimes just yes. a really well designed clever mobile puzzle game it's like perfect exactly what I mm -hmm. want on my phone like that's like a 10 out of 10 mobile game but then it feels odd to stack that up next to like Twilight Princess yeah. 
things are getting a little bit better there across consoles, though. I think mm-hmm. now, you know, I think the Wii kind of like even showed people that like, hey, sometimes gameplay is more important than graphics, Mario Galaxy or something like that. Mm. And so you can compare them like apples to apples across mm-hmm. the systems. Just what what are the merits of this game? How much fun are you having playing it? Yeah, I think that's those are the two most important things. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Michael and Linda, I'm glad you're able to step outside of your. Uh, Never-ending circle of GTA Five. And what did he do? What did he do games? for like like the, the GTA Online? Maybe. But like the yeah. most recent three hundred hours that he spent in there. The first five hundred, okay. <laughs> but then what about hours six hundred and seven hundred? Maybe, maybe he got really into one of those role-playing servers and is living out his daily life. What in GTA? <laughs> Are there role-playing servers in GTA? Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. What know. do you do? Yeah. You have to. You There's live. Jobs. You abide by the law. You have. Laws. If someone speeds in your cop, you, were, you gotta you know pull them this? over. What? You didn't yeah. tell me about this. Sorry. <laughs> what? It's really, it's really cool. Other games have this too. Yeah, I'm sure a, a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, like There's, Wow has role playing servers. You just like, do you go to work at like a restaurant? <laughs> yeah. How do Wow ones work? Um. Well, those are f- fantasies. So imagine D and D, but you're in Wow. I'm aware. Well, what of, if you're a farmer? This is uh, a. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that people want to yeah. do, though. This yeah. is well, a the the Deep Run tram is a tram in World of Warcraft that connects two of the Alliance capital cities, mm-hmm. and no one ever uses it. It's like this thing that was there in Vanilla WoW that now people don't need because you can find oh, everywhere okay. and stuff. And I went down into the tram into the subway on a role playing server one time, and there was an elf and a dwarf getting it on. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, sounds hot. They were role playing. All right. This is Kenneth in Columbus, Ohio, and he says, I listen every week. You make my commute so much better. Please consider doing an episode every day. Well, Kenneth, we'd probably run out of things to talk about every day, but we'll get to work on that. He says, I want to get your thoughts on what you think is key to game difficulty. Like so many gamers, I tried to play God of War on its hardest difficulty, give me God of War mode, too much. and was stonewalled at the tutorial stage for over an hour of trying again and again without much luck. I eventually dropped the difficulty down to finish the game. In Destiny, there's always a lot of controversy about how hard late-game content and events should be. For some players, the difficulty of strike modifiers and bullet-spongy bosses combined with the absolute need to play with friends lock late-game content behind a difficulty barrier that most casual players are unable to complete. Then I think about a game like Horizon Zero Dawn. I played that game on its hardest difficulty and found that the challenge actually complemented the gameplay. Mm. Most games handle difficulty as simply cranking up enemy health and damage. I find this not only to be a cheap way of making a game challenging without actually doing anything mechanically interesting, but it also just makes the experience frustrating. What are your thoughts on games difficulty, and what games do you think handled game difficulty in interesting ways? Yeah. You play difficult games. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, like God of War on super hard is a little bit like Halo on legendary. Like super hard means different things in different games. Like in yeah. Horizon, it's just like very challenging. But God of War is one of those games where like I kept seeing it on message board, the best message boards. Like I think I'm going to play it on the hardest difficulty. And then you'd see replies be like, dude, no, like you don't like it's really, really, really hard in this game. Don't do that for your mm-hmm. first playthrough. Yeah. So you don't know what you're going to get on the hardest difficulty always. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it is true that usually harder difficulties are just crank or just, you're just tuning numbers right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing uh, pillars of eternity right now one yeah. i was playing it a couple months ago and i finally went back to it getting ready for the sequel um and uh it's higher difficulties um doesn't manipulate enemy stats and instead it just changes the composition of enemies like in a cave instead of there being like three bears there'll be like four bears and one of them's like a dire bear or something like that you know mm-hmm. so it just changes the composition mm-hmm. of each enemy instead of just giving them double health or double damage which uh 
I think is a lot more interesting and satisfying it way is of tuning. So much better. Yeah. I hate when games when the difficulty is just more health and more mm-hmm. damage because then when you get hit it feels unfair mm-hmm. and then it's just artificially increasing the time it takes you to kill whatever you're trying to fight. Yeah. But when they do what you said that they do in Pillars of Eternity or if they change the monsters or enemies attack patterns or the AI yeah. that's the what AI God of War gets does. yeah, the AI gets yeah. smarter. That's so much better. I think that's what Horizon Zero Dawn also does. Uh, the robot dinosaurs have different patterns and different behaviors. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Yeah. yeah I but I just, I think I, the reason why they developers don't always do that is because it takes more time. Yeah. yeah. And it's content that not everyone's going to see, so mm-hmm. it's not the highest priority for them. Yeah. We, I think there's entire attack animations and sequences that only happen on higher difficulties at God, in God of War. Yeah. You'll see enemies do different new things, which oh. is that's just the coolest thing. I think it's important for developers to consider that, though, because if that's the thing that's going to get people not to return their game, that's not maybe a throwaway uh, multiplayer mode or something. Like, if you do play through a game and you want to have a good reason to play through it again, a really clever hard mode is a good reason to keep that game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the the second quest in Zelda. You know, it's like, you have a whole other game to play then. Like, if you get to that level of, like, man, replay is going to be this much more fun, that's great. And it helps yeah. with, I mean, cynically, like, it helps with, like, the YouTube audience and the Twitch audience and makes the game, you know, helps enhance <coughs> yeah. the game's streamability, like, if there's interesting, unique things on higher mm-hmm. difficulties. I played through Mass Effect and Resident Evil on their hardest modes. Like, I always like Resident Evil 4 and 5, and I, I really like doing that. It was yeah. really fun, and now I, I started, like, categorizing, like, I play a lot of hard games, despite what it may seem like, uh, <laughs> of arcade-style games, and what really yeah, makes a difference say. to me is if you can restart the thing that's killing you over and over, and over like, fast. Like, that's a big yeah. deal for mm-hmm. me. Like, really fast respawns mm-hmm. is, like, huge, and, and I really appreciate games that do that. Super Meat Boy, Boy is good right? at it. Yeah. It's, That's I, like the prototype. I think that was the first time where I ever, like, they really worked on that, you know? Yeah. I've always had this quote stuck in my head about easy difficulties as well. I, th- oh, I hope it's Cliff Blazinski. I hope I'm not misquoting someone else. But I think Cliff Blazinski said that it, when you're designing an easy mode, you can't make it easy enough. Like, mm. there's no way to make an easy mode too easy. Because if mm. someone's playing on easy mode or whatever your easiest difficulty is, and it's still too hard for them, like, you've screwed up. Like, mm-hmm. you've you've done it wrong. And so... Sometimes you'll see like, you know, note like you can't die, you know, like yeah. just stuff like that. Like whatever your reason, like some might say that defeats the purpose of playing the game. But like, so what? Like everyone plays games for a variety of different reasons. And, you know, games are beautiful art and music. And, um, and like I have a four year old and like we were playing Mario with assist mode on, which tells you with a blue arrow, go here. Like, she can work the game mechanically, but I like can't understand like the goals. Mm-hmm. But now she knows like, oh, I just follow the arrows. And yeah. so mm-hmm. like. I remember having that problem when I was a little kid, like playing those kind of games. I didn't know where to go, mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. yeah, well, you can't read yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember going to magazine racks and stores and actually reading the strategy guide to figure out what to do next Yep. Um, before the internet. Uh, you know, there's a uh, one thing that really bugs me about uh, really difficult games now that people keep saying are like difficult. Those are the Dark Souls games, right? Those are the exact games where like they waste your time. If you screw up, and, you're, and you haven't gotten good yet, you have to walk back to where you were, yeah. and you get punished for it. Like, that's really clever and interesting it, it, to, to punish you for it. The walking back sucks. Yeah. And, like, it's such a waste of time. Yeah. Dot, if you guys, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Doc ha- Dot Hack series, like the original one, Let's Dot see. Hack Infection, yeah. but they had procedurally generated uh, dungeons, which you wouldn't know how many floors there were. You wouldn't know where the ending was. You would have to beat the boss mm-hmm. to get the treasure. But if you died anywhere in the dungeon, Ugh. 
all of your progress was gone. And then it has to regenerate everything. So you don't learn anything even. You can go back into the same dungeon, but like it can take like three hours to Ah. finish one of these things. Yeah. So like grinding was so hard in that game and you kind of had to balance whether or not you wanted to risk going to the final level to get that treasure or not because if you leave everything respawns mm. <laughs> um the question was asked in the context of destiny um and how they held raids back from i haven't played as much destiny 2 so i don't actually know if they fixed this or not but the original destiny you couldn't raid. there was no matchmaking you couldn't get matched up with randoms to raid it was only a mm. friends and their argument was it's really, really hard. It's really, really highly tuned. We don't want you being matched up with randos and having a bad time. Um, but that argument didn't really hold too much water because World of Warcraft had been doing that for years. Oh, with, interesting. If you do the raid finder, it matches you up with 10 randos, and you get an easier version of that raid. Mm. And um, I think the loot's like, you know, really scaled smart. down slightly. Yeah. Um, and that so really that's like the best of both worlds where like, you know, look, I'm a casual-ish player, but I want to, the raids are always like the end of the story. It's the culmination. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. final boss. And in Destiny, I never got to do that. I never beat the final boss because it was locked behind a raid. Mm-hmm. And in WoW, you can still get matched up and sort of like, you know, face roll your way through that boss fight. That um, is super smart. And and I think they usually like time gate it too. So I think like the raid finder, the easy mode doesn't come out until like, you know, two weeks later or something like that. So they really they really struck a good balance there. It seems like the more deliberately thought out a hard mode is, like the more we all like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's clear. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that yeah, I just think that that's it's it's a cool way to get more out of a game to say to say like, oh, the designers also have this extra challenge for you. And they really thought about it. And not that, you know, they just cranked up the the bullet spongy stuff. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Like I, I love that extra DLC we got in Breath of the Wild. Like that was super hard, but it was Loved yeah. it. Awesome. Played it 100%. Yeah. Yep. Trial of the Sword. Because I trust Nintendo. That's another thing. You can trust certain developers, right? Mm-hmm. And like Nintendo is famous for, for giving baby modes. So mm-hmm. I feel like if they're good at giving out a baby mode, they're probably going to be good at giving out an expert mode. I, I really, yeah. really like Trial of the Sword. It's awesome. Attention dudes. Unfortunately, most men will experience hair loss by age 35. By the time you notice, it's usually too late. A preemptive strike is required, and that is where 4hims.com comes in. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and men's health that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that can be embarrassing to handle in person. There's no waiting room, no doctor visits, but these are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You visit 4hims.com, answer a few questions, a real doctor will review and can prescribe accordingly, and products are shipped directly to your door. While supplies last, GameScoop listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they go to 4hims.com slash GameScoop. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash GameScoop. And now, back to the show. Let's do some E3 speculation. This is Robert from Norway, and he says, I was wondering, Mm. do you think it's likely that Nintendo will show a trailer for the upcoming Mario movie, if ready, at E3? Is it a proper arena for a movie trailer? Is it, it is video game related. Has there ever been a video game movie trailer shown at E3 at all? That's interesting. That's a great, great prediction. I think that's a hundred percent exactly something Nintendo would do. Well, the deal was just announced in February. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and to say that they have a trailer done or not, I have no idea. Yeah, like I don't think this is the year, but that's exactly like a stunt that they would. That would be for. it. Would be cool for them to do it there uh, for this year. I don't think they would have anything more than just a little yeah. teaser animation, just to sort of like 
get start getting the word out there? Yeah, my gut reaction was like, yeah, totally. Like, what a great stunt. That'd be so cool. But I, and now that I think about it for more than a minute, I don't think so because E3 is incredibly, incredibly expensive. And each company has like <laughs> each minute that they have on stage and have the spotlight to themselves as currency that they need to spend to advance, you know, their corporate yeah. agenda. And I can't imagine that Nintendo would not spend all of that time just doubling down on the Switch and whatever mm -hmm. they're doing, you know, with 3DS. Um, of course, Nintendo doesn't have a stage show. Any well, that's true, but even so, like the live streams are all mm -hmm. like you know dialed into specific times and mm -hmm. very carefully orchestrated and choreographed. Have yeah. we ever gotten a movie trailer at? I don't know about E3? a proper trailer, but like the Assassin's Creed movie, Ubisoft okay, yeah. did a, a little featurette. Oh yeah, we yeah. we got a bunch about Avatar as well when mm -hmm. that happened. Oh, right. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. James Cameron coming out on stage talking about that Avatar. Was a really long section yeah. of that show. There's yes. always, well, there is like they, EA used to be really notorious for just trotting out people for like, you know, it's like Muhammad Ali's here and then everyone claps. And then like, that was it, like Pele, I think, Pele, one year. Yeah. yeah. Let's share what we're playing, what we've been playing. I know Casey's been playing Hyrule Warriors, mm -hmm. which your review is up right now on IGN, yep. right? Yeah, yeah it is. So Hyrule Warriors go, Definitive Edition. People can check that out right now. Have you been playing anything else? Um, I played a little bit of Fortnite, oh, well, and yeah. oddly enough, I started playing Smite again <laughs> on oh, the wow. PS4. Um, oh, I forgot about that game. Yeah, my friend. That's another hero shooter, right? No, it's a, it's a MOBA. It's a yeah, MOBA. It's okay. MOBA. Okay. Um, yeah, my friends were are starting to get tired of Fortnite. They're not playing Monster Hunter very much anymore. Hmm. They just Back what about Smite? Smite? I think. Or, or the first time you interviewed me to be a mm -hmm. freelancer, you asked me what games I was playing. I was like, oh, I've been playing Smite. And your response was, people still play that game? Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say something like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. You're, you're the one fun. in the IGN comments, Sam? Uh, that must have been a phone interview. It was. <laughs> it was just a joke. Oh, no, I know. Uh, uh, it has been a long time since uh, Smite had a, like, a big active community, though, mm -hmm. right? So You're still be. super active on social. It's good. I think. Yeah, I think it's one of those games that keeps trucking along with, you know, however many tens of thousands of players. And there are so many new gods to play as in that game now. Like, I mean, it's been like two years since I've played it a lot, and there's so much new stuff to kind of relearn. Yeah, it's always a fun feeling. Mm -hmm. Sam, what are you playing? Uh, so, uh, let me see. I, 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 this is the coolest thing I've been playing is that the Pinball Arcade decided, uh, or they probably didn't decide, but they lost some kind of licensing and they're Good losing thing. all their great pinball tables. Uh, from Bally and Williams, which are the best all-time makers of pinball machines. So there's this thing called the Pinball Arcade. On PS4, it has the best graphics, and you can basically play emulated versions of these pinball tables from all of history. And they also have instructions, and they kind of tutorialize everything. Like, in a great, like, pan over the, the machine, like, it shows, like, everything you can do. Like, some of them have, like, rule sets that are, like, 700 pages deep. It's crazy. How to activate so, all the multi-ball modes. And yeah, <laughs> it's really, really exciting to, like, learn that when, without having to put in quarters mm -hmm. or, like, read a fact or something and go to the arcade. So I've been using it for that purpose. Um, I uh, got all the seasons which is like, they're like 60 bucks a piece or something like that. So it really adds oh. up. Uh, got all those, uh, uh, and we're going to do like a little like feature on like, what are the best ones you should get before? Oh man, I went in on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to hit you up for that. So Monster Bash is one of them. That's cool that, I like Monster Bash. Uh, it's cool that you, a noted pinball enthusiast, can also get down with the digital versions. Well, yeah, and I don't like digital pinball that's not based on the real ones. And I really only like the digital ones because, well, they make you worse at pinball. Tell you that much. The digital ones do? Yeah. They reinforce bad habits. Yeah. Uh -huh. And they're really easy compared to actual 
really? actual you know, meat space machines, but uh, they do teach you how to play them, which is the best part. It's like the best pinball tutorial I've ever played. Yeah, that what? company does a great job with them. The, the physics in pinball arcade are the best, you know, the best pinball physics in the business feels the most like real life, but it still does things like, uh, like the ramps will kind of suck up balls. Mm -hmm. Like it's got a little bit of like, like in real life, there's more randomness. Like the ball will just do unexpected, weird, yeah. random stuff that like a video game just can't quite ever get right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask what you thought about Pokemon pinball. I've never played Pokemon Pinball. I think I played the Kirby Pinball where you like have to shake the yeah. game around. And then I played Metroid Prime uh, Pinball. What? Which was really cool. It <laughs> I came played with that a, so much. It came with a rumble pack. Yep. That on DS, DS rumble yes. pack. Yeah, it tells the story of Metroid Prime and Pinball Farm. It's great. Two tables. That actually sounds... I've never heard of that game. It's really oh, it's fun. really fun. Uh, so then I'm also playing, in reality, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean Pinball Machine a lot. We had that in the office for a while. And uh, there it's was gone a, now. it's gone now, uh, oh. but uh, the New Jersey Jack pinball machine Pirates of the Caribbean is super fun. We had a prototype. It's out this summer and uh, it was really cool to play. It was a great light show. and It's very pretty. We made a video of it uh, that just went up last week. So check it out. Pirates spend their whole lives looking for treasure when the real treasure was the time they spent together. And pinball. <laughs> and pinball. Uh, Justin, you're playing Pillars of Eternity. Yeah, First why don't you skip over yourself? Oh, I, I was going to go last. Okay. Um, trying to be. Yeah. So what's funny is I've, I started that game twice when it came out and then put it back down, you know, moved on to other stuff. And then finally I'm like, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to play through all of Pillars 1 and then get to Pillars 2. And then I made it to the same spot. I made it to the end of Act 2. And there's a really, really hard choice you have to make. And then I said... Oh yeah, that's why I quit the last time. <laughs> oh, no. You have to ally with a faction, but they're all shades of gray. Yeah, and I'm like, you all suck. Like, I don't want to pick any of you. <laughs> and then, and so then I put the game down again, but then I finally just, you know, bit the bullet and made a choice. Yeah. And so now I'm playing through the game for the third time. I'm getting close to wrapping it up and experiencing story stuff. So what's your faction? Um, there's sort of like a burn them all down option. Uh. And I picked that option. <laughs> um, and then the game... Sorry. I think I think the game like introduced to like you're supposed to pick somebody to be friends with and the game's sort of like what like you made enemies with all of them how did you even do that mm. like I guess you can continue this way like the dialogue is pretty funny that's cool mm -hmm. um, that's cool that that options in there though. yeah and uh, I really really love that game um, I think it's an absolute throwback to all the classic computer RPGs uh, like Baldur's Gate style games and strikes the perfect balance between you know modernizing the sort of annoying aspects of the old while still you know, have lovingly recreating all the yeah. best parts of those old games. I still need to play that one. I know I'll like it. I love Divinity. The console version is very good. Yeah, yeah same. Um, like, it just cool. sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, and we uh, and I'm also playing a lot of pinball arcade. I did the same as Sam. I'm like legitimately shook that those old tables are going away. Like it's and like, hopefully they'll get that license back or something. Yeah. Or it's or such it's it. such catastrophically horrible news. Like well, I couldn't be, believe it. Is it it's got to be terrible news for the developer, right? It will like, almost certainly you, kill. Have you, are you in contact with them? Or yeah, like, and I haven't actually directly asked them about why it happened or anything like that. But like they have. They have some big opportunities because they partnered with Stern. They still to have put, Stern. do brand new ones, mm -hmm. and they just did Ghostbusters, which yeah. like came out like a couple of years ago. So like, if they actually put out like you know Iron Maiden just just came yeah. out, the new Stern machine. If they start doing those, like that's still exciting. Yeah. But yeah, there's like a history of pinball that they were helping preserve, which is now just completely evaporated unless you buy them before June or whatever. Well, and what's really awful is like they're just going away, and there's no. It's not like oh well, this other company is doing it. Yeah, like they're just exactly. gone. They're just gone from the face of the earth. They're really like I'm legit. Mm. shook about it like I said and so I've been playing a lot of pinball arcade every night Allie still makes uh, um, gambling machines slot machines mm. yeah 
and like they have Bally Casinos, and you'll see their logo, and that that's the exact same company that made all the pinball machines. The speculation is so it's it's digital pinball, right? Mm, and yeah. and the company that owns these license that licensed Farsight to make digital pinball is now starting to do like digital recreations of their own pinball tables, like full size pinball cabs, but instead of being a physical machine, it's a screen, right? Mm, yeah. And so I, the the rumor is that maybe those two things are starting to feel a little too close together. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever played one of those where you like look into a, a screen and like play the, the pinball? I've machine? seen the tech. I don't know. That. I've never played mm-hmm. one. Though. It's really, really impressive, but you can't do like you can't like lean to the yeah. side and like There's see no head tracking that works yeah. too well yet. So I played a VR version of that that uh, a friend of mine, Jeremy Williams, made and actually put out where you like have like a little table in front of you and the buttons are on that. So it feels yeah. like just the right height, but it's only like this deep. And then you you have the headset on. And so it feels like you're playing pinball machine. You can nudge and everything. He did a really good job with that. But the actual tables, it, you're right. Like you have to like kind of look right on them. But you can play the Zen pinball tables and stuff like with nudging and and stuff like that. Like tables that have never existed. Yeah, uh, dude, I got such a high scoring champion pub last night. <laughs> dude, that's awesome. My friend just bought a champion pub and played a lot of that. That game has some problematic stuff in it. It does, yeah. But it's it's a really fun game. Well, uh, I was having a hard time figuring out what to play in the wake of God of War. Mm-hmm. One of those situations. Champion where nothing, Pub. Nothing else sounded fun. <laughs> uh, so, so actually, <laughs> I'd been meaning to do this for a while to give Assassin's Creed Origins a second chance because mm. I played it for a few hours when yeah. it first came out and it didn't resonate with me. But I dove back into it again, played a bunch of it, and I like it a lot now. Yep, it's super fun. Like one of my it really pulled you in. Yeah, one of my complaints the first time around is that the, I didn't like the controls. I was like, why am I attacking with R one? But that's how you play God of War. War so that's now, really it feels, yeah. now it feels like yeah. I feel right at home attacking really cool. in Assassin's Creed. So yeah, that's been really. Are cool. you in any open world areas yet? Uh, I haven't left the, like the first main area. Okay. I've just been like because I do want to see the pyramids there. and stuff. I gotta get back in that game. Maybe I'll dive back into. Uh, I'm starting to see now why people like that game so much. Justin, do we have to say goodbye to you? Yeah, I gotta bounce. I'll All send right. someone else in. Send someone in. Uh, fresh meat for the 20 questions what grinder. Oh no. <laughs> And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Here comes a new challenger. Max Scoville and Pepper Scoville are here to join us <laughs> hey. and play 20 Questions today. Our suggestion comes from Jason Bethauser. Let the questioning begin. So he's a Jason. Just, yeah. That's a clue. What would okay. Jasons yeah. ask us? Typical of Jasons. Just think of that. You want to start this one off? Uh, uh, I don't even know how you guys do this. Um, you do by years, like after 2000. Okay, like okay. What, uh, console character? generations. Was it released on optical media? Like, like, like. Was it was it a CD or was it a cartridge? Basically, what is it? Where was it a was CD or optical? Is like CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays, like right. everything that's not a cartridge. So, was it released on yeah. optical media? Yes. Yeah. All right. That's good. So that means it has to be after the uh, so 1992 like, yeah. era. Of and stuff. it's definitely not on the Switch. Well, it could be Dragon's Lair, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> just, that's tricky. Yeah, we've yeah. already had that one. I might have just painted us into a corner, so we're off to limited. a terrible start. <laughs> is this uh, um, is this a console exclusive? Yes. Oh, that's good. That helps us always. Do you create your own character? No. Console exclusive. That's good. Was this released while Bush was in office? Uh, no. Which Bush? Ah. You got him. <laughs> I think we Freebie. just won because of that. Um, all right. So was this released uh, on a uh, PlayStation console? No. Was this released on a Nintendo console? Yes. Okay. So Nintendo, Nintendo with discs. 
That narrows it a lot Hell more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> GameCube, Wii or Wii U? Well, but it can't be during uh, the Bush era, which was till 2008. Yeah. So it's not GameCube. It might be Wii, it might be mm-hmm. Wii U, and it mm-hmm. might it can't be Switch. Yeah. Cool. Was this a Wii game? Yes. <gasps> All right. Okay. A Wii exclusive. Was this you developed in Japan? Character. Developed in Japan, no. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay. Um, Prime 3, maybe? <laughs> was this positively, re- positively received? Uh, lukewarmly received. Oh, interesting. I mean, like, not slightly positively received. Let's say that. Sounds like a 6.5. Is it a party game? No. That's 10. Or the Conduit? Remember that game? I re- remember the name. There's not a I lot think of. I think the cover had like blue, yeah, like glowy stuff so on it. We got Red Steel. <laughs> That's like a Wii era, yeah. you know, game that I think was developed here by Ubisoft or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, uh, that type of game. And then you have like the, the Call of Duties. Yeah, the Call of Duties. That's really good. Was this part of a series? Yes. So it might be Red Steel too. <laughs> <laughs> was it first party? Uh. Y- you're asking, like, didn't so like published by Nintendo? Yeah. Yes, it was. Okay. That makes it pretty hard. Um, made here because it was yeah, it was made in the United States and published by Nintendo. So it'll be something obvious once we figure it out. But well, he just said not made in Japan. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. Good call. So there was the was um, it part of a series. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Okay. That Punch Out was developed in Canada, and that was part of a series and mm. published by Nintendo. <laughs> uh. there's, there's that and there's punch out in metroid prime 3 did we yeah. already eliminate that does this have realistic graphics uh ish that's what it's going for so it's not punch out should we give it a shot no it's not punch out should we, with the metroid should we oh with metroid but which know? metroid <laughs> metroid prime 3 corruption i think is what it would be oh really is that late enough is that after bush um so uh yeah, I, I guess we can just was ask. Definitely no, it wasn't because I was I was still in high school when that game came out. So no. Hmm. So it's not that. Definitely Unless not I'm Metroid Prime Three. I'm I don't know like, what year it came out. That's I'm the problem. pretty sure. What about Other M? Oh yeah, Other M. Forgot no. about that one. That one was made by Ninja Theory, and that's Japanese. Oh. Uh, are they? No, they're in like they're wait in, really yeah they're Europe yeah oh. it, it was Team Ninja oh Team Ninja oh just just kidding okay uh, do you play <laughs> as a lady in this game no all right it's not a Metroid game well that narrows it down <laughs> <laughs> um this is interesting a Nintendo published game made by a Western company or, or you know, a non Japanese company from that era it's not we'll a party this. game um. Did Square do stuff? I'm thinking Square, Ubi, or well, Ubisoft. So what about like Rayman? Is that how you say it? Rayman? Was, no, it's not. That wasn't. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Rayman. Rayman. <laughs> that wasn't published by Nintendo, though, right? Because Rayman. Well, what if like Rabbids, some Rabbids one. Was oh, Rabbids. I just don't know. I don't. Raving Rabbids? No, that was also too. It's too early. early. But that's not realistic-ish graphics. Yeah, no, no not that's at all. True. Just kidding. Yeah. That's true. Did we eliminate Red Steel too? When did that did that, that come out for the Wii U or the Wii? Two thousand nine, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Well, How, what, when, what number are we on? Yeah, fourteen. Fourteen. Oh boy. Got a few questions. Yeah, yeah, we got some wiggle room here. Yeah. Um, we we can ask. Did we ask about multiplayer? We asked if it was a party game. Party game. Yeah, that's good. Just because Wii is so many of those. <laughs> Should we just 
go like was um, this made by Ubisoft? Yeah. Was this a Ubisoft game? No. Okay. It's fifteen. We can ask because yeah, Ubisoft okay. would have published their own. That was a stupid question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's not your fault. That's my um, fault. We can ask uh, if you what kind of weapon you wield. Is it melee or long range based? Yeah, or if there are even weapons. Yeah. Mm. Or what type of game it is, genre wise. Yeah. Assuming it's an it's an action game, kind of for Wii, because it you know motion controls. But like, I feel like kind of realistic. Yeah. Oh man. Especially if it's published by Nintendo, we should all know what it is. Yeah. Really well. Like, there's like those bl- bl- blue ocean games. What were those? Those are stupid. All right, let's get some questions. All right. Oh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> Can I ask about weapons? <laughs> no. No. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're um, guns or something like that. Yeah. Do you use is a gun your primary weapon in this game? Oh yeah. Okay. Huh. Published by Nintendo, that should narrow it down a lot. Yeah. Is it Bayonetta too? Oh. That could be it. Was that on Wii? E- Bayonetta two. No, no. But that was completely Wait. Japanese developed. Yeah. Right? There's nobody that would have developed that here. Yeah, I don't think so. That was right. that was Wii U too. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it would have been. Damn it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you have a gun. It's Nintendo. There's no girls. No, wait. Oh yeah. Wait. It's not not played. You're not a girl, so it couldn't right. be Bayonetta. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Sin and punishment. Was do you think? was. Um, wait. It was. It wasn't. It was Western developed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that rules out. Uh, what's it called? Mad World. Yeah. And was, that wasn't realistic either. Was what about these like compilations? Game on the Wii U? Hmm? Was there a Call of Duty yeah, game on I the Wii U? I don't think Nintendo would have published. Oh yeah, no, it's you're always, right. It would always be Activision. Yeah. Um, does this game have characters in Super Smash Brothers? No. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> published by Nintendo. So that eliminates all, you know, possible Mario yeah. tennis th- things that might have been <laughs> developed in Europe or something like that, you know. Could uh, it be a downloadable only game like the Arm game, you know, where you just have that stupid extended Oh man, arm? that's that's getting in the weeds there. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the idea. Oh, what a, Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. What? What about Excite bo- Excite Bots or Excite Truck? Did those have guns? Yeah, that you're not What using about Excite any- <laughs> I don't know if Excite Bots did. <laughs> I don't think it did actually. Excite Bots? Is that what it was called? Oh. I don't remember what that is. I, okay. I remember Excite Trucks, but that was a Wii game, yeah. right? Yeah. This is, we're talking realistic graphics. This I is so hard. Guns. I don't think it has guns. I haven't had enough coffee today. I wonder for this. if our listeners are screaming at us yeah. right now, knowing exactly is what so it is. Obvious? <laughs> Three um, questions to go. Okay. Can you drive vehicles in this? Mm, I don't think so. Three questions to go. So we can ask one more question, and we have to guess the game. What about uh, Battalion Wars? Remember that one? No. Okay. I don't either. Um, that was like a combat game. I don't know who developed it. Published by Nintendo. I think, I think I'm getting close here. David seems so happy and yeah. gleeful is at there, um, confusion. <laughs> is this uh, a game that would take place in a war zone? Uh See, that's it's going to be like some war zone where everything's made of candy or something. Yeah, like it's Nintendo. Like there's always... <laughs> It's 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 not the type of war zone you're thinking about. Okay, so it's See? not Italian wars. But it's in a it's definitely in a combat situation. Combat situation. And that brings us to the final Is question. There an oh. yeah, it sounds so much like a Splatoon like game before Splatoon, you know? Was there an advanced wars game for the Wii U? 
Yeah, I'm trying well, to think. That would, been um, a, that would have been an actual war. And Japan would have developed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have a guess or shall I reveal the uh, answer? What would Nintendo have published? I'm like racking my brains here. This is so... Oh. Would it... What about Boom Blocks? Did Nintendo publish that? Mm-hmm. And there's no guns. No guns. Sort of. It's kind of gunny. I don't know. You... I don't. How did you? I don't think Nintendo published. I think that was EA. Okay. Um. I don't think I played any Wii U games where you use a gun. Wii. Wii or Wii U. Yeah. Well, I played. I played Wii games with guns, but I don't think I played ever a Wii U game with a gun. Hello bits. Um. Yeah. What? I don't have it. Yeah. I got. I got nothing here. <laughs> what about that robot game? Do you use a gun. Chibi Robo. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> Unless it yeah, got real dark at the end. That was on GameCube, and then it skipped a generation. Oh, okay. I think. All right. Released in 2009. This is uh, the particularly heartbreaking scenario where Sam said the name of the game. Good, good. Oh, well, I like being in that scenario. Uh, it was The Conduit. Oh, oh my gosh. Conduit. Damn so it. I was that was supposed to be that. like the Wii's exclusive first-person shooter. Yeah. It's Halo. Yeah, I, I should have gotten oh, back man. to that. Developed oh. by High Voltage Software. Oh, man. But published by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it was a total blind spot for me. Yeah, I just... I nailed it. Uh, good <laughs> well, job, Sam. I'm sorry I didn't know more about it. Was that the one where I said sounds like the conduit yeah. as a joke right in the beginning? Yeah. Well, yeah. You said it like <laughs> Did a it have a blind cover like happening? Casey said? I think so. That happened with Comic Zone. Yeah. Yeah, you say the name of the All right. game. And I'll have to come back to that more often. Same with like Dark Souls last last week. We said it. Oh, man. Oh, with Demon Souls. Yeah, Demon yeah. Souls. We're on a roll. Yeah. A yeah, very that was like a bad very, role. Sorry for disappointing you. <laughs> Not the good kind of role. Mm-hmm. It was a very the conduit was a very robust shooter uh, that they wanted to make that like it's the big exclusive shooter on the Wii with with motion controls. Yeah, yeah I remember there being like huge displays for that game in Games GameStop. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's the only reason why I remember it. Yeah, and then there mm-hmm. was the conduit too. There, there was a sequel. Wow. Well, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was really weird. Justin like well, came up to me like he's getting chased by the cops. He's like, "Give you twenty questions right now." I was like, "What are you saying? What is it?" It's like I gotta go right now. Get in there. And I was like, "Okay, okay all right, fine." Well, then before we let you go, we all shared what we've been playing. What have you been playing? Um, not a lot actually. I was I was been I was really into uh, God of War, and then I kind of just I didn't know what to do after that. And uh, yep, same. yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a weird doldrum time. Yeah. You saw uh, Deadpool. That was cool. I did see. I went and did the Deadpool red yeah. carpet thing. Yeah, you met Deadpool. That was yeah. so you cool. Yeah, that was nuts. Uh, you rejected his marriage proposal. Yeah, I don't know I what surprised. I, I should have. Should have said we should just be friends, or definitely, <laughs> maybe, or really. There's all kinds of clever stuff I could have said to Ryan Reynolds asking me to marry him, but instead I was like, I'm taken. <laughs> was, was there at home, a my time fiance was like, What's wrong with you? After those red carpets, like after you do the interviews, did you ever come back around, like see the people again? Uh, apparently, if I'd hung around the theater, they were all, there was like one upstairs bathroom where they were all just going to the bathroom. To oh, okay. get, like, not together, well, you couldn't have really. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a little. Yeah, a little awkward uh, probably. Yeah, no. I wait till you're married. Yeah, it was mostly just kind of like I, after like a red carpet thing. Very, I've never done been a part of anything like that where anyone actually goes to the movies. It's usually like we need to go eat dinner now because we are yeah. all shaking from adrenaline. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bet. All right, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Peppers. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Casey. Welcome. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop. And we're out. Powerful, evil, super powerful robot. Evil, super powerful robot. Evil, super powerful robot. Evil, super powerful.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.